Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Help me welcome a good friend of Freedom Valley, Aaron Holt. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. It's good to be back with you. We were just here, my wife and I, just uh, just about a month ago, and uh, so now we're back. I think we're finishing out this series, and then next week you got a lot of good stuff going on. So it's good to be good to be here. Always good to be with uh, Julie and I. Consider this our Freedom Valley family, right? So this is good. Hey, do me a favor. Look at your neighbor real quick. Talk to him. Say neighbor. neighbor. Okay. Now I, we practiced this a month. You have to act like you like this person. Like this is. Okay, okay, you chose to sit next to them. Let's try this again. Say, neighbor. It's an honor to sit next to you. See? That's good. That's good. All right. Now look at your other neighbor, the one that you keep ignoring every single week. That's, you know, look at each other. Say, other neighbor. I just want you to know it's an honor for you to sit next to me. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm the best neighbor you've ever had at church. You neighbored up. God has blessed you. You are blessed and highly favored sitting next to me. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's, it's good to be here. Hey, I want to mention just one thing about our ministry that uh, Freedom Valley has been supporting for years, Lead the Generation, and uh, we're so grateful for your support, but I uh, just wanted to mention to you that in two weeks, we have our annual ministry conference called Lead the Generation Conference. It is a next-gen conference for uh, those that work in kids' ministry or those that work in student ministry, and, uh, and also for student leaders. If you are a student and you're a leader in your school, in your home here at the church. We'd love for you to come and be a part. There's a couple ways you can do that. First of all, let me say this. It's absolutely free. Uh, and the reason that's absolutely free is because amazing churches like Freedom Valley have helped us raise all the necessary funds to underwrite it. Um, but you can join us in person on Wednesday night, Thursday night, or all day Friday. You could come as a group if you wanted to do that. Um, you can also join us online. Uh, this year, the online part of the conference will have over four dozen different sessions for you to learn and grow from and different panel discussions, and it'll be available for 48 hours nonstop. We are actually streaming around the world. Um, we'll probably be in about 50 different countries uh, making an impact on the next generation. So lots of easy ways for you to join us. You can join us online, or you can put a group together, come in person, maybe come out, um, be a part of Thursday night and all day Friday. We would love to see you there. If you make it there, come and, come and grab me, come grab my wife, just say, hey, we're from Freedom Valley. I'd love to just welcome you and greet you there and, um, and have you be there. So um, I mentioned this a couple, when uh, I was with you about a month ago, um, I, I was talking a little bit about how my wife and I got engaged. I don't know how many of you remember that story. Um, but, you know, fast forward from that moment, we are now, uh, at, at this point in our marriage journey, we were just married for about a year. And we're living in Pittsburgh, where we are at again. We, we moved, uh, we, were, we live in Pittsburgh, we started our marriage there. And, um, and then we're on the other side of the state for almost 20 years. And just two years ago, we moved back. But uh, our first year of marriage, we're living in this little second floor apartment right in the city, right on the north side. And, uh, and we're just newlyweds, you know? And so you're just figuring stuff out. And so this one, um, this one night in the middle of the night, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and my wife is over here. This has always been her side of the bed. It's just always been that way, that, that non-negotiable. I don't know if it's that way for some of you. And, um, and so I, I wake up in the middle of the night and this is what I hear. She's over there. I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear her and, and this is what it sounds like. It's like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And she's just like, just over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? 
And my first thought is, I'm, uh, it's middle of the night. My first thought was like, remember, I'm a newlywed. I'm thinking, this woman I married is so spiritual. She prays in her sleep. And, I'm, and then I'm like, Lord, I cannot live up to this expectation right now. Like, I just, you know, but then, <laughs> then I realized, but I realized that she, she's like, something is happening. She's probably afraid of something. And so I just kind of, I just kind of roll my head over and I lean. I'm like, hey, baby, hey, baby, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And she, and she, she says this to me. She whispers to me. She's like, there's a man, there's a man, there's a man in the room. There's a man. And I, I'm, 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 again, I'm a newlywed. It's the middle of the night. And so I'm like, this is what I say. I'm like, I know, baby, I'm right here. <laughs> She's like, she, 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 she whispers again. She's like, no, there's another man in the room. I'm, and I'm, I'm confused. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, baby, why is there another man in the room? That's not how marriage is supposed to work. Like, you know, then she whispers, shouts at me. I don't know if you husbands have figured this out yet, but every woman is born with the ability to whisper, shout. All the single guys just know this. This is going to happen, right? She whispers, shouts at me. And she's like, there's another man in the room. Now I'm awake. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh my goodness, I, there's another man in the room. I need to, to be the man and do something about the other man in the room right now. And now, now I'm afraid, and so I don't know what to do. And so I just grab the sheets, and I put them on my head. I'm like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, if it worked for her, I'm going to try the same thing. At which point, she's now fully awake, and I'm over here, Jesus, Jesus. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, there's a man, there's a man, there's a man in the room. <laughs> She's like, I was having a bad dream. There is no other man in the room. Apparently not even a man is in the room. I'm just like, okay, you got me there. You got me there. Um, and I think from like this moment on, we have basically determined that should there ever be another man in the room, it will be my wife's job to defend the family at this point. Apparently I don't have like the ability to do this anymore. Um, I I wish, and I'm sure you do as well, I, I wish that that life was full of things that merely were bad dreams, but then when you would wake up, you'd be like, okay, good, it was just a bad dream. It was just a bad dream. Have you ever had that kind of moment in your life where you're like, is it, you know, you've really, it really was just a bad dream, and you're grateful that it was just a bad dream, but then you probably, like me, like, like my wife and I, you probably have also had those moments in life where you said to yourself, is I wish this was just a bad dream, but it's not. <laughs> it's not just a bad dream. Like, like, this is just bad. Like, this is just difficult. This is not what I signed up for. Anybody with me, right? I didn't, I didn't see this coming. I didn't ask for this. I wasn't expecting this. I never even thought this would happen. In my wildest dreams and imaginations, I never thought that the journey of my life, or, or if you've been married for a little bit like my wife and I, the journey of our marriage would, would take all the twists and turns that it has taken. Uh, even if you're a student, even if you're a young adult, you've lived enough life at this point where you could probably reflect on some things that you say, man, I, I really wish that was just a bad dream, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad dream. I want, I want to take you to a text. It's a, it's a really interesting text that I've been studying um, over the past several months, really, maybe even, even up to the last year. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And um, before we read a couple of verses together and study a couple of verses together, let me give you just kind of the broader context here of what's happening, right? The, the people of Israel have been um, journeying in the wilderness, right? 
Uh, and and uh, for, for the, the sake of our sermon today, uh, the wilderness is going to represent some of the bad dreams that actually weren't just dreams, right? The wilderness represents those, uh, those difficult seasons in your life. Those, the wilderness represents those, those valley seasons in your life or those dark moments in your life. And that actually would be literally true for the people of Israel. Because if you, if you kind of zoom out from where we're going to read in Deuteron- Deuteronomy chapter 8, the people of, of, of Israel have been in the wilderness journeying for years and years and years now. Um, prior to their journey in the wilderness, they were enslaved in the, the nation of Egypt, right? And, and so they're set free. Just giving you a quick history lesson there for those of you that just, so we're all on the same page. They're set free from slavery in Egypt, from generations, hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt. They're set free, right? We're talking about freedom isn't free. There's a price that's paid, right? Um, they're set free. This is good. And now they go from being set free to now journeying in the wilderness, right? What seemed like this is it. This is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been hoping for. We're finally free from the dominion of the Egyptian slave masters. And now they find themselves in the midst of the wilderness. And it's, it's a little confusing, isn't it? When you're in the wilderness, right? Have you ever been there? It's a little confusing when you're in the valley. It's, it's a little, it's, it, it, it messes with your faith a little bit sometimes, does it not? Oh God, why am I here? God, why did we have to, why did we have to go through this? I don't understand. Like, I mean, you know, and if you're one of the Israelites in this text, you you very well could feel some of those things or ask some of those questions. God, why did you set us free from slavery in Egypt only to send us into the wilderness? I thought we were going to the promised land. I thought we were, you know, the blessing was going to, I thought the dreams were going to be, you know, come our way. I thought the prayers were going to be answered. I thought, I thought, I planned, I hoped. Um, this is not the way that I thought it was going to go, right? That's the context of the couple verses in chapter 8 that we want to study today. And I want to talk about the wilderness, and I want to talk about some of the ways that God uses the wilderness in our life, right? So let's read the text first, and then we'll, we'll go back through it almost verse by verse. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, I'm going to be starting in verse number 1. I'm reading from the NIV. Follow along in, in your Bible or on your device, or you can follow along on the screen as well. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. Let me pause it real quick. They've just received the Ten Commandments in chapter 5. Right? And, and now Moses is unpacking the Ten Commandments. Right, And so this is what he's referring to when he says, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Okay, this is, this is good. This is all good right now. I'm liking this. If, if I'm one of the Israelites, I'm like, all right, that's great. I'll follow the commands, and then I get the blessing, right? Okay, sign me up for that. That's good. All right. Verse 2, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. Okay, now, now you're bringing up bad memories. <laughs> Now you're talking about stuff that I've been trying to forget, right? You're talking about things that I got questions on. You're talking about areas of my life that, that are little sensitive to touch, right? Don't, don't, don't touch me there. Don't poke right there. That's the little soft spot, and, and this is a soft spot for the people of Israel because there's probably a lot of confusion as to why did we have to spend 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness, before we made it to the promised land. He goes on. He says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Verse 3, he humbled you 
causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that a man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse four, your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Somebody can say, I'll take, I'll receive that promise right now. My feet, not, it'll be good, All right? L- last verse here. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. All right, let, let's talk about four things real quick, right? I got four quick points for you. Um, and, if you and if you got something to take some notes with, then you probably should do that because this, this will help you. This will help you. Here, here's, here's point number one. Here's point number one. The wilderness will find you. The wilderness will find you. That's not very encouraging, is it? <laughs> right? No one's saying amen right now. <laughs> no one's like, yeah, that's it. Amen, preacher. The wilderness is going to find me. Sign me up for the university of the wilderness, right? Sign me up for a difficult season in my life. Sign me up for my bad dreams to actually become reality, right? Sign me up. But this is what the text says. And, 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 and let's just talk about it for a moment. I think that that's actually helpful. I think that it's actually helpful and healthy for you and I, as, as, as those who consider themselves to be people, the people of God, those, those, if you're in the room, you're watching online, and, and you, would, you would describe yourself as a Christian, or you would describe yourself as someone who's a follower of Christ, whatever verbiage, or, or you would say, I am a disciple, whatever, whatever way you would choose to describe it. But, but if you would say, I, I'm in, I'm in the family of God, it's actually healthy and helpful for you and I to understand the wilderness will find you at times. That's just called life, right? When you, when you, when you gave, when you, listen, when you decided to make Jesus your savior, that was the decision that you made, right? That, that, was, that was the moment that you decided in your heart and you said, I believe Jesus Christ is and was the son of God. He lived a perfect sinless life on this earth. He died on the cross. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sin. He died. He rose from the grave and defeated death and sin. Three days later, through his resurrection, he ascended to heaven. He now sits at the right hand of the throne. He's my savior. That was a a decision that you made. That was the moment that you received what we would call the gift of salvation. And now you call him savior. But when you made that decision, that decision did not insulate you from the wilderness. That decision didn't mean that you and I would never experience problems or pain or challenges or difficulty in life. See, it's actually helpful that you, that you are reminded every once in a while the wilderness is going to find me. There's going to be moments in my life that are going to be tough. There's going to be difficult seasons in my life. And, and, and it's actually damaging for you or, or not helpful or not healthy for you to have the idea or the thought, well, I, I gave my life to Jesus, and because I'm serving Jesus, now I should be insulated from any problems or any pain in this world. It's not practical. It's not reality. And first of all, furthermore, it's not biblical. There's nowhere in the Bible that you see the promise that says, hey, if you serve Jesus, your life will be perfect. Hey, if you serve Jesus, everything will go your way. Hey, if you serve Jesus, every single prayer that you pray is going to be answered just the exact same way that you wanted it to be. It's not in the Bible anywhere. All the young men wish it was in there because then they would pray that they'd get the number of that girl that they love and they'd be like, this is great. God answers all my prayer. This is awesome. God gives me everything that I want, right? I get every job that I want. I get every, I get every promotion. I get, I get every pay rate. No, no, no. That's not in the Bible. Jesus himself promised his own disciples, in this world you will have what? 
trouble. Trouble. Look at your name and say, trouble's coming. Some of you are like, why did I come to church today? This is, this is not, this, can, can we please get Aaron and Candace back quick? I mean, come on. You know, I mean, but, but see, but let, let me just paint the picture here for you. I don't see easy street anywhere in the Bible. Do you? No, I, I, see, I see person after person in the Bible go through wilderness seasons, right? The, the Israelites, 40 years in the wilderness. Moses, 40 years in the wilderness with them. I mean, think about this. You're Moses, the man of God who actually helped set them free from the slavery and the tyranny of the Egyptian nation, and he himself had to endure the wilderness. Moses, 40 years in the wilderness, right? David, the young boy who's anointed to be king of Israel, you would have thought that his, 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 his parade would have happened immediately upon his anointing, but David, 13 years running through the wilderness from the time he was anointed to the time he was finally appointed to be the king of Israel, 13 years. I mean, in the wilderness season, Jesus, Jesus Christ himself, 30 years of obscurity on this earth before he actually stepped into his ministry as Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 30 years. No one, no one gets a pass. Uh, no, no, one, no, one, no one gets through life without some, some, some hiccups and some hangups and some scars and some bumps. The wilderness will find you, right? You, you, you got to just sometimes remind yourself, like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. The wilderness is going to find me. But, but let's go on here because here's, here's, here's what the text says. The text tells us the wilderness is going to find us, but the text says this, right? right? This is my second point for you. Not only will the wilderness find you, the wilderness will test you. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a test. Some of you, that just like threw you into a little bit of PTSD because it just reminded you of your high school years, right? You're, you're like, oh, I don't, please, please, please. I was, how many of you were like, I was not a good test taker. Yeah, I was not, a, yeah, okay. How many, and how many of you would just be honest and be like, hey, I, just, I just said I wasn't a good test taker. I actually never studied. That was what the real problem was. I just, yeah, okay, thank, okay, right? Okay, so, so but here's, here's what the text says. Go to verse number two. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert for 40 years. Why? To humble you, okay, let me, let me pause here real quick. When the wilderness finds you, that humbles you, doesn't it? And so, so God's doing something in us. Every time we go through wilderness seasons, he's, he's, he's developing a new layer of humility in us. And so, so it says he's going to humble us, right? right? But then it also says this, to humble you and to test you. Everyone say, there's a test. So the wilderness tests you. And, and according to the, the text, not the test, the text, the text says to test you in order to know what was in your heart. And so there, there are some tests. There are some tests that you and I experience in life. There are some things that, that God intentionally allows or permits to take place in our world or in our life in order to test us to know what is in our heart. So, so this is not just true for the people of Israel in the Old Testament. This is also true for us. The wilderness will test you like nothing else will test you. I, I, you know, like uh, you can learn more in 10 days of suffering than you can in 10 years of peace in your life. You, you just do. You just do. Um, I don't know if you've ever read any books by an author named Joni Erickson Tata. 
Uh, she's an incredible Christian writer. Um, she's also a paraplegic uh, because of a, a, an accident that she had as a young adult. And God has used uh, her journey in life in order to really uh, help expand, or I sh- I, uh, not maybe, maybe, maybe the right word would be deepen, deepen the faith of the American church in particular, right? And, you, and I just encourage any of her books to you, but she says this in one of, her, one of her books. I'm not sure which one it is, but she says this. She says, when suffering sandblasts us to the core, the true stuff of what we're made of is revealed. Suffering lobs a hand grenade into our self-centeredness, blasting our soul bare so that we can be better bonded to our Savior. See, the wilderness, the wilderness tests us. The wilderness tests us. I mean, let, me, let me give you just a couple. There's a, I could give you a whole bunch of different ways that the wilderness will test you, some of which are from my own personal life, but just, just a couple here that I think relate to the text. I, I think that when you go through a wilderness season, you go through a test of identity. Who am I? Who am I? Is my identity wrapped up in who I am in Christ, or is my identity wrapped up in what I do in this world? And it's far too easy, regardless of the season of life that you're in, you might be young adult, you might be a student, you might be single, you might be young and married, married couple, senior adult, regardless of what season you're in, it's far too easy in culture today in America for our identity to get wrapped up in what we do and what we produce, Right? as opposed to who we are in Christ, right? Who, who I am becoming versus who I belong to. What I have achieved in my life versus what I've received in my life through what Jesus did for me on the cross. There's always a test. There's a test of identity over and over and over again. For the people of Israel, when you read through this rest of this chapter here, which we'll, which we'll do in a moment, you see that God is very concerned about their temptation to, to have what we would what you and I would call self-sufficiency, right? Because as you read through the text, what you find out is, is God saying to them, I'm afraid you're going to forget. Let me just read it to you now because I, I, I want this to really make sense to you, right? So let me, let me, I'm going to jump ahead to verse number 10. It's not going to be on the screen, but if you've got a device, follow along with me or just listen, listen carefully. Verse number 10 says this, when you've eaten and you are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you and be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, here's the part, otherwise, otherwise when you eat and are satisfied and when you build fine houses and you settle down and when your herds and your flocks grow large and when your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, verse 14, here it is, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of slavery, right? See, see, we all experience the same temptation, right? Like, like when, I, when my life begins to produce something, when I become successful, when I finally finish the education or I get the degree or I get the job or I get the business off the ground and started or, or I'm finally starting to produce some, some wealth, the, the numbers are finally going up and right in my life, so to speak, the temptation for self-sufficiency creeps in. Right? Because, because what is, I'm going to go back to the text. I want to keep reading because this is important. He says, your heart will become proud. You'll forget about God who led you out of the, out of the, of the, of the slavery. Uh, he led you through the wilderness. He gave you manna to eat, something your fathers had never known to humble you and test you. Right? And, and he said, if you forget the Lord, you're go- I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, but I want to get to this one part. Right? You may say to yourself, this is the verse, number 17. You may say to yourself, my power... And the strength of my hands 
has produced wealth for me. But remember this, it is your God who gave you the ability to produce wealth, right? And confirms his covenant that he swore to his forefathers as it is today. This, this is God saying to you, when you go through the wilderness, I will test your identity because I'm trying to help you avoid the trap of self-sufficiency. Why? Because self-sufficiency is a death sentence to your faith, friend. Certainty is a death sentence to your faith. The more certain you are about anything in life, the less faith you need in God. The more you've got it figured out by yourself, the less you actually need to be on your face before God saying, God, would you do something for me or do something through me? The more you, figure, you feel like you've got it all figured, I got every step laid out, that, but the more you get yourself on that side, the more God says, I'm gonna have to allow you to go through a wilderness season in order to remind you of who you are in Christ, in order to remind you of that I'm the one who gave you the gift to be able to produce for your life. You've got to come back to me. There's a test. There's a test. There's a. Te There's always a test. And let me give you. Let me give you one more test. Let me give you one more test. This. This is a tough test, right? The Israelites struggle with this one because because I think there's two tests that I want to focus on today. One, the test of identity. Two, the test of timing. The test of timing. To trust God. To really trust God, is also to trust His timing. Right. And that's hard. Come on. That's hard. That's not, I don't like, I'm, 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 I don't like God's timing. Anybody with me? I, no, I want it, I want, I want it, can God, like, I'm just like, here's, here's how I wish it worked. I wish it worked like this. Now, okay, God, you're going to do all the work, but you're going to do it according to the timetable that I set in place. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, that would be wonderful, right? I just, because, because I, just, I got it all figured out, God. I, you know, it's almost like I'm coming alongside of God and I'm like, all right, God, I know you're the one who has all the power, but I'm the, actually the one who has all the knowledge of when things need to happen in my life. So let's just make a deal here, God, where, where like you do all the heavy lifting and I'll just figure out the timing, right? Doesn't work that way, does it? No, just doesn't work that way. To trust God is to trust his timing. To trust God is to simply say, God, I, I, don't, I, I recognize that your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than my ways. Right? This, is what, this is what the prophet Isaiah said. He said, as far as the heavens are from the earth, are God's thoughts from yours and God's ways from yours. This is, this is the nice way of the Bible saying to you, on your best, most superior intellectual day, your thoughts are still about 92 trillion light years away from God's thoughts. Right? That's, that's what he's saying. He's just saying that, that the way that God sees it is much, much different. His timing is much, much different. And to trust God is to trust God's timing. The Israelites struggled with this, did they not? Well, God, you brought us out of Egypt, and now we feel like we're walking in circles around the same mountain again and again and again. God, when? God, when? How long? How long? How long, O oh Lord? The psalmist struggled with this, did he not? How long, O oh Lord? How long is it going to take for you to avenge me? Is what he would say in some of his writings, right? Have you ever asked God that question? How long? Come on. I feel like I ask God that question every single day of my life. God, how long? How long is it away? When are we going to? God, I need answers. I need answers. To trust God is to trust his timing. One of, one of, my, um, one of my preacher buddies, he says this all the time. He says, God is the slowest guy around who's always on time. Right? I, I say it like this. The only thing worse than waiting is wishing that you had. 
because it's far too easy to get ahead of God in the process. It's far too easy for you and I to feel like I need to give, I need to give a little nudge to the divine hand of God and, and kind of help God along here. God has kind of forgotten about me, and so I'm going to kind of make it happen all by myself here. The test of timing, the test of truly trusting God. You know, you know they, everything about our life here in America really sets us up to, to struggle with this issue because everything in our culture is all about getting it done or getting there as quickly as we possibly can, right? Right? Like, like you know, when you, when you put, like, your address in your phone on your GPS, right, does anyone choose the slowest option? You know, it's like you got three options here, right? And there's, and there's typically, there's like one that's like an hour or two hours longer than the rest of them. Like, I've never once in my life been like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. We should do that. It'd be great. Let's just take all day for this trip. It was great. We, we can't, yesterday, I just, I just clicked, go to, go to Freedom Valley. I like we do. We've done it so many times. And it took us on a different route. And as we were coming, and we never come this way before, and we're driving, my wife was like, where are we going? I'm like, I don't even know. It just said to go this way. Why did you choose this way? Because it said it was the shortest way, right? Right? And, and like the whole time we're, we're like, man, this never go this way again. Like, let's actually pay attention from now, you know, to what the GPS. Said. Everything in my life, in your life, is all about. Let me get there. Let me get there quick. Let me get there. Right? This is everything about our culture. I want, I want my fame overnight. I want my food fast. Right? I, I, I want, I want everything easy and quick in life. Right? I want thirty pounds off in thirty days. Sign me up for that diet right there. I'll take it, right? This, this is everything, and God doesn't work according to my preferences or your preferences or my clock or your clock. In fact, I'm not sure that God works according to a clock at all. That's a man-made thing. I think the scripture helps us understand God stands outside of time. He sees past, present, and future all in the same breath, all in the same moment. The test in the wilderness is often the test of timing. God, how long, how long, how long? The question that we should be asking ourselves when the wilderness is not how long am I gonna be in the wilderness, God, but God, what lessons do you want me to learn? What are you doing in my life? Who, who, who are you forming me into in the wilderness? Because here we go, a couple thoughts here for you, right? Thought number one, the wilderness is gonna find you. Point number two, thought number two, the wilderness is gonna test you. Here's another one for you. Number three, the wilderness will teach you. The wilderness will teach you. What does it say? Verses three through five, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then he fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. To, to what? To teach you. To teach you. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell. These 40 years, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so God disciplines you. God is in the business of using wilderness seasons in your life and my life to teach us, right? What does the text say that God teaches us? A, a, a couple, couple thoughts here for you. Write these down if you're taking notes. The text tells me that God's always trying to teach me that he is enough for me. God's always trying to teach me. He's always trying to remind me that all I need in life, all I really need in life is Jesus. That's it, right? God is enough, Right? It, it, says, it says that God, in, in essence, took away their ability in the wilderness season to produce for themselves, 
right, to produce even food for themselves, that he was going to be the one to provide it. Therefore, he is all that I ultimately needed in my life. This is, this is the Bible's way of saying this. Listen, friend, if you've lost everything in this world, if you've lost your friends, if you've lost your wealth, if you've lost your home, if you've lost a relationship, if you've lost loved ones, if you've lost everything in this world, but you still have hold of Jesus, then you still have hold of the one thing and the only thing and the only person that you're ever really going to ultimately need in this world, Jesus Christ himself. The world can have it all. I've still got Jesus. That means I still got all that I'm ever going to need. I don't need anything else. And this, this, see, this is a lesson that I have to be reminded of because real talk, real talk, real talk. Sometimes I don't want Jesus as much as I want Jesus to do something for me. That's the, see, this is a question that you and I have to wrestle with. Do I really just want Jesus or do I want the results of having Jesus? Do I want faith or do I want the results of having faith? What do I want? What's more important to me? And, and what the wilderness teaches us is ultimately the position and the posture of my heart, of your heart, needs to be, I want Jesus more than whatever it is I want Jesus to do for me. I want Jesus more than whatever prayer request I wish he would answer. I just want Jesus more than whatever timeline I wish was actually playing out in the exact fashion that I hoped it would play out in. I just want Jesus. The wilderness teaches us something. It teaches us that God is enough for me. It teaches us that God's going to provide all that, all that we need. And the wilderness also teaches, because this is what the text says, the wilderness also teaches us that God will discipline us. But he disciplines us as a loving father who's trying to raise up a child. He disciplines us as a loving mother who's trying to raise up a child. He disciplines us as one who says there's more in you. And so I'm trying to pull that more out of you right now, and you need some discipline in your life. And so I'm going to use the wilderness season in your life to help grow you up. All right? Uh, I think it was Joni Erickson Tata who, who said this, uh, this statement as well. She said this. She said, God permits what he hates in order to produce what he loves. And if you're a parent, or, or if you've been a parent, then you know that there are things in, in your parenting where you've had to discipline your child or your children in certain ways, right? Where you, you say, I hate this. I, I hate to discipline. I hate to take something away, or I hate to punish in a certain way. I hate to do this, but I'm trying to produce something in their life, right? God does the same thing in your life and my life. God permits what he hates in order to produce what he loves. Let me tell you something, friend. God hates the wilderness season in your life. He hates the pain that comes along with it. He hates the suffering that at times comes with it. He, he hates the lamenting and the grief that at times you'll experience in the wilderness season. He hates it all, but he permits it because he knows that it's going to produce ultimately what he loves. And what he loves most in your life and my life is when I grow up into Christ-likeness. When I become more like Jesus. When I go through the, the journey and the wilderness of life and all the curves and all of the twists and turns and all the ups and downs and ultimately going through all of that actually strengthens my faith. Going through all of that actually grows me up in the faith. Going through all of that actually makes me stronger, actually puts a deeper resolve in my heart and in my commitment towards Christ. God loves that. So he permits what he hates in order to produce what he loves. The wilderness will find you. The wilderness will 
test you. The wilderness will teach you. Let me give you, let me give you one more. We'll, we'll end on a, on a good note here, right? The wilderness will bless you. Someone's like, oh, finally we're getting to the good part of the message. This is, thanks, for, thanks, for, thanks for bringing dessert here at the end of the, of the meal, so to speak, right? The wilderness will bless you. Let me, let me see, what, let me go back to what the text says, because the text says in, in chapter 8, verse number 16, it says this, he gave you manna, I'm in verse 16, he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble you and to test you, and here it is, so that, that in the end it might go well with you, right? For your own good, the text says, so that in the end it might go well with you. There's a different translation, same verse, that it might go well with you. It's for your own good. That's called blessing. That's called you going through the wilderness seasons of your life and saying, I, I didn't understand it all. I don't even have explanations for everything that I've gone through, but I'm still standing. And because I'm still standing, I'm standing as a blessed man. I'm standing as a blessed woman. Is there anyone in the house, anyone online that can testify right now? I've been through some wilderness seasons, but I'm stronger as a result of the wilderness seasons now. I've been through some difficult moments in my life, but I stand now as a blessed man of God, as a blessed woman of God, because of the seasons that I've gone through in life. I've gone through some loss. I've gone through some grief. I've gone through some pain. But now I look back. I don't want to go through it again. I don't even fully understand it all. I don't even have answers to every question that I have about what we went through. But I recognize now God brought me through it. God blessed me through it. I'm stronger now. I'm, I'm more firm in my faith now. I have, a, I, have a, I have a deeper relationship with Christ now. I can handle more now. I, I have, I'm more centered around Christ now. I'm blessed is what you're trying to say. I'm blessed is what you're feeling right now. I'm blessed is the declaration you're making. Look at your neighbor right now. Just declare that over them. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. Come on, look at your other neighbor and just declare, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed because of what I've gone through. I'm blessed because of my difficulties. I'm blessed because of the challenges in life. This is what the text says. It says, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I, let, let me read this one final quote to you. It, it ministered so much to me when I read it. This is from another Christian author named Philip Yancey. He said this. He said, God is as grieved with the world's traumas as you are. His only son died there. But God's promise is to set things right. Let history finish. Let the orchestra scratch out its last mournful warm-up note of discord before it burst into sympathy. All right, listen, 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 listen. Some of you are in the midst of it right now as I'm speaking to you. Some of you are in the midst of it right now. And just like the Israelites were. We're talking freedom isn't free. If you were one of the Israelites, you would say, I don't know that this version is, this is the version of freedom that I thought I was going to experience. And see, some of you, you can go through this whole series, freedom isn't free, and you can think to yourself, I, I'm, I'm going through a, such a difficult season. I don't sense any freedom at all in my life. And I just want to encourage you. I just want to say, there's great blessing when you're in the wilderness season. You might not see it now, but one day you will. Let God do his work. 
Let God do his work according to God's timing. Let God raise you up. Let God test you. Let God teach you. Let God bless you in the wilderness season. The text promises me this. He'll humble me when the wilderness season comes, and he'll test me to know what's in my heart, and then he'll teach me to be more Christ-like, and all of that adds up to me living a blessed life, a blessed life, a blessed life. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet right now? If you're watching online, would you just maybe kind of position yourself somewhere quietly where you can just have a moment to pray? And I wanted to, I wanted to take a moment, just felt led in my heart that, that today we needed to take a moment at the end of the service just to minister and to pray to those of you that would just recognize I am in a very difficult wilderness season right now. I'm in it. I'm in the middle of it. Um, some of you are uh, in a wilderness season that you recognize has maybe just started. Um, some of you are in a, in a wilderness season that you would feel like emotionally you'd say, man, I just feel like I've been in this for years and years and years and I just, I don't even know that I can see a light at the end of the tunnel right now. I just, I just felt in my spirit like we just need to come alongside of you as a brother or a sister in the Lord and pray with you and encourage you that, that God is doing his work in your life and through your life. So I want to ask that if you are a, a part of the staff here at Freedom Valley or if you're on the prayer team here um, and, you, and you week in, week out, you kind of serve on the team that ministers to people, would you come and stand across the front and just kind of position yourself up here around the front if you're uh, just a, someone who serves in that way? Thank you. Come on up. Yep, come on up. And I, and I want to just take a moment here um, before uh, Pastor Isaiah comes and closes us out. Any other prayer, prayer team members? My wife, can you step up here or right up here in this area here? Anyone else is coming? I just want to make sure that we have enough people up here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, now, would you, those of you that are standing, just, just just close your eyes for a moment. Let me, let me pray over you. Let me pray over you, and then I'm going to give you some instruction if you want to receive prayer. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. If you feel comfortable, would you just lift your hands to heaven right now? Just as a sign of surrender, a sign of you saying, God, I'm giving my wilderness season to you right now. I'm giving my my difficult moment, my pain to you right now. I'm, for some of you, maybe even you're, you raising your hands right now as a way of you just surrendering. God, I'm giving you my questions about, about the season that I'm in right now. I have so many questions, things that I don't understand. So I'm just surrendering that to you. So God, I just pray, Lord, as we stand here in your presence with our hands lifted high, Lord, we just, we surrender to you, Lord. We surrender every part of our life to you, not just the good parts, we surrender the difficult parts as well. So right now, Lord, we're just surrendering our wilderness seasons and we're surrendering the tests and we're surrendering the lessons you're trying to teach us. And we're saying, God, do your work in us, whatever it is that you want to do in us, God. We, we want the kind of freedom birthed in us that you want us to have, Lord. And so God, give us that, we pray in the name of Jesus. So we lift our hands to you, God, and we just say, God, we surrender it all to you, Lord. We surrender it all to you. Help us, Lord, I pray. Help us. If you're here and you're in the, in the room right now and you would like someone to just take a moment and lay hands on you and pray for you because of the difficult journey, because of the wilderness season that you find yourself in, would you come? Would you come right now? Come to one of these prayer team members that are right here around the front. Would you just step out of your seat and walk towards them and just, you, you don't even have to tell them all the details. You could just say, pray for me, right? Um, maybe you just need, you just need God, uh, someone to lay hands on you and pray a prayer blessing over you because of the difficulties that you're going. And come on, just come. Just there's, there's some of you that are coming right now. You just come, you just come and find your way forward. And one of these prayer team members is going to pray with you, right? And we're just going to take a moment. We're going to pray with you. We're going to stand alongside of you. This is why we have church, friends. This is why we have uh, spiritual community, right? Because um, 
the people of Israel didn't go through the wilderness seasons by themselves. They didn't go through uh, just by themselves. They went through as a group, right? And so you're in a wilderness season right now, and you need to know that you have friends here at Freedom Valley that are standing alongside of you. In fact, you know, some of you, maybe maybe uh, you are aware that the person who is sitting with you or standing with you, maybe you just happen to be aware that they're going through a difficult wilderness season. Maybe it's even your spouse or a close friend. Would you just turn and pray with one another even right there in your seats? If you don't want to come forward, that's fine. But why don't you just turn right there in your seats and just say, Let, let's just pray together. I, I just want you to know I'm here for you. I just want you to know I, I, I'm, I'm going to help you carry the burden right now. I just want you to know God's going to bring you through this and just declare a blessing over them. So God, I declare, Lord, over Freedom Valley Church and I declare over every person who's here in this house, every person who's watching online, Lord, uh, over this faith community, Lord. I declare in your name, Lord, that you will bring them through the wilderness season blessed, blessed and highly favored, Lord. That God, they'll experience the freedom, Lord, of knowing that the wilderness season is simply a place to humble them, a place to test them, a place to teach them, and a place, Lord, to ultimately bless them. And so God, now I release and declare that blessing and that favor over each and every one of my brothers and sisters in the Lord right now, declaring your goodness over their life. God, I declare your goodness over difficult situations. God, I declare your goodness over questions that they don't have answers to. God, I declare your goodness and your blessing over wilderness situations in their in bodies, Lord, broken bodies, disease-filled bodies, bodies that need healed. And so, God, we declare in your name a blessing and a healing over that, Lord. I declare your goodness over those that are looking for jobs. Lord, over someone who needs a job, over someone who've, who's experienced significant financial loss. And so, God, I, right now, I just declare your goodness over their bills, over their indebtedness, over their search for a job. God, do that in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I declare your goodness over a person who's lost in their soul, who's lost in their spirit, who doesn't know you personally. And so, God, I just declare that, Lord, on this day, that they would find the faith to simply put their trust and their hope and their faith in you. Lord Jesus, and experience that gift of salvation. God, do that, I pray, in your name right now, in your name right now. God, do that, I pray. God, I thank you for every person that's being ministered to. God, I thank you for every person who's watching online, who hears your word, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, that for the wilderness. You know, let's just do that right now. Would you, if you feel comfortable, would you lift your hands right now and just say, God, I thank you for the wilderness seasons in my life. I know that's hard to do. Some of you are in it right now. But you need, and it and, and sounds to me like you got a sermon about this last week. So you praise him in the pain right now. Say, God, I just thank you. I thank you for my wilderness season right now. God, I thank you for the different. If, if, you, if you can look back over your past and see how God brought you out of something that you're no longer in, come on, lift your hands right now and thank him for that. God, I thank you. I thank you for what you brought me through. I thank you, God, you brought me through the valley. You brought me through the fire. You brought me through the waters, through the wilderness, Lord. I thank you. You're the God who brings us through each and every time your promises are true. They're yes and amen. And so, God, I thank you for every moment, for every scar, for every question, for, for every season and place of doubt that I've had. God, I just surrender that to you, and I thank you, God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I, I want to say this. One last thing to you. Just feel, just feel led to say this. Let me say this to you, and then I'm going to turn it over to my brother. Let me say this to you. There are times in, in my life where I have been in a, a difficult wilderness season and I've allowed myself emotionally to get stuck there in that place 
because I found myself demanding answers and demanding explanation from God for what I went through. I wanted an answer. God, if you'll just give me an explanation, then it'll be okay. And there are times in my life where God has said to me, Aaron, even if I did give you an explanation, it wouldn't be enough for you. The closure that you're looking for, friend, is not found in an answer. The closure you're looking for is found in the presence of Jesus. That's it. That's why he gives us himself. The peace you're looking for, the joy you're looking for, the answer you're looking for, it's all found and only found in the person of Jesus Christ. You'll never find it anywhere else. That's why you can search and experiment with everything that the world offers you that says this will bring you joy or this will bring you peace or this will bring you comfort and none of it will ever work and you'll consume it again and again and again and again and you'll, you'll always need more. But when Jesus offers you closure, he offers you himself. He offers you himself. He says, I give you me. I am your closure. I just, I'm just speaking that prophetically over somebody here who's in the room or someone who's watching online. You, you, you've, you've emotionally allowed yourself to be stuck in the wilderness because you feel like I have no closure in this area of my life. And it's because you're demanding an explanation and Jesus says to you, no, 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 no. I, even if I gave you an explanation, it wouldn't be good enough for you. You wouldn't be okay with it. So I give you myself. I give you myself. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Let me pray for you real quick. God, I thank you that you have given us the greatest gift, the gift of of yourself. And God, we receive that now. We receive that in place of every question that we have no answers to. We receive that in the place of every area of our life where we struggle to find peace and every area of our life where we struggle to live in joy. We receive you, Lord Jesus, as the ultimate answer for all of those questions, for all of those hurts, for all of those pains. I thank you for that, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.